Welcome to another episode of Friends Missing Friends. Today I talked to Karen. She is a life coach and has lost multiple close friends over the years. She had many wise things to say about grieving and forgiveness, which I think is something we don't talk about often enough. Forgiving ourselves when someone we love passes away. Because there are often so many regrets of things we should have said or done. I know I felt that. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Karen. Thanks for listening. Probably about 20 years ago, is it 20 years already? Uh, someone who I had grown up with in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name was Eileen. And I, I've lived in Los Angeles twice. And, this, and the first time I, I moved out here, um, I stayed with her until I, for like three, six weeks until I found a job. And we had been friends since we were probably about 12 or 13. And then we kept up the friendship. And she was one of my very, very, very best friends. And she got cancer and went through the process that she went through was as much of a loss as her actual crossing over, mm-hmm. probably more so. She was a wonderful and very kind, but a very buttoned up person and very, very organized. She was a paralegal uh, in the latter years of her life. I mean, this was somebody who I had grown up with I, that, I, that I was losing. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, the whole process was, was very difficult. She had wanted me to be her executor, yet she was afraid to sign any of the papers. And so it was like a, a push-pull kind of thing. Well, Eileen, you know, if you want me to do this, then I have to be given the legal right to do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it was probably her illness that created the, the fear in her. So it was the process of losing her where I experienced a great deal of pain and loss. As I've been on my spiritual journey, what I needed to do with to deal with was my loss. And 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 and, and I talk to people on the other side. I don't often hear them answer back, but I do. <laughs> but I do communicate with them. Um, mm-hmm. And since preparing for this podcast, I think I've been communicating with with her more than I had. Oh, really? And may I may I ask in what ways or like what how you talk to them? You know, good morning, Eileen. You know, how you doing, Eileen? You know, I'm I miss you. Um, in that in that way, I just kind of put it out to the universe, and I assume that that she hears me. That's so special. That's so sweet. I'm well. I'm you know I'm very fortunate to have the belief system I have. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was funny when my father, when my mother died, um, and I talked to her, you know, a lot about crossing over in my belief system. And she and and my father was, was ten years later. They both said, "Well, gee, that's really nice, and I'm glad it comforts you." And my mother said, "I wish I could believe that." Um, mm. And I said, "You can. I mean, that's a choice." I had visited with my mother. She lived in Florida. And then I, I was, was working on a, a television show and I came back to L.A. And she was uh, in the operation. She was being operated on. And the day she was being operated, I went into, I, before I went to work, I was in meditation. And I saw her leave her body. 
which as far as I knew, she hadn't died yet. About an hour later, I got the call from my father that she didn't, well, she, she never recovered from the, uh, the operation. But I mean, I really believe I saw her leave her body. How did that look? Like, um, like in your head, you saw it or you saw like her? Yeah, it was in, 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 in my imagination, I guess, when you're, you know, when you're meditating and you're in that very quiet space, Mm -hmm. I saw her, a younger version of her leave her body, snap her fingers and go, oh my gosh, Karen was right. And that was it. So Mm -hmm. that, that belief system has made losses for me certainly much easier. Just six months ago, a colleague of mine, I work with the company where we do satellite media tours, and she went on drove vacation with her husband. She, this was her uh, third husband, but this was the right one. She, he was really, uh, he is really her soulmate. Um, and they went on, she loves animals and hiking. And they went on this hiking tour in, I think this was in Oregon, but it was just, it was, it, it, it was what which she and he had always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we get a call that she had a hiking accident and died instantly. And Tamara was probably about 10 years younger than me. It's interesting, probably of the losses, because she was young and vital, mm-hmm. it's been one of the most interesting transitions that I've experienced. Number one, I'm constantly think about her and, and I talk I talk to her all the time. Mm-hmm. We had we'd known each other for 17 years and worked together on and off. But we had never exchanged gifts or anything like that. And three months before she sent me an email. She said, send me your address. I saw something that reminded me of you. And I get God bumps every time I think of a story. Mm-hmm. And so I get this cup. I always sign my emails and have for probably 25 years, love and light. And this cup says light and love. And so that was so sweet when when she crossed over. And now I have this momentum and that I, you know, I drink out of the cup every day. So the loss is more me missing. Well, in in, in her case, I miss her because we we work, we work so much. Um, you know, something will come up and, and I miss her more than I would have thought. And I do talk to her. Certainly if I say good morning when I'm having my tea, um, in, in the cup she sent me and I'm so yeah. the cup, it's like, Oh my gosh. Cause you can use it every day. Exactly. And it's very plausible to me that her soul knew. And that's why she, <laughs> that's why she sent it to me. Grieve any way you need to. I think I think the biggest thing with grieving is to not and not have any rules. Know that right. whatever you need to do is fine. And there's no quick fixes. It no. it, it passed through quickly, or it may be years. But don't feel that you have to go by anybody else's rules of what grieving is about. I agree with that. I, I've heard that a lot of times a feeling about a feeling is what sometimes causes the most suffering. There's a grief expert that I follow on social media. Her name's Megan Devine. And she posts these things that say like, 
do you do this? This is perfectly normal in grief. So she'll say like different things on days when I don't necessarily resonate with it with it. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But then there were a few where it like actually was like a gut punch. And I was like, I did think I was crazy for doing that. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of an example. It was like, it was like not being able to read her messages or obsessively reading her messages. Like, you know, both are normal. I was just surprised that I needed to hear that. <laughs> I guess nobody teaches you how to grieve. I mean, that's, I mean, they're Mm -hmm. starting to talk about it now, but there really is no, um, I mean, I don't know about your, your family, but other than you go to a funeral and my, my family was the Jewish, um, faith. So there's something called seven days. It's a a Shiva and Mm -hmm. there's seven seven days, which I actually never thought was, uh, I never really understood it because it gives you a time where you are dedicated to dealing with your grief mm-hmm. and nobody can question it. And nobody can tell you how to do it. And people come and then they bring food and, but it, you know, it's, it's a contained period of time where you can do whatever it is that you need to do to grieve. And I think it's, it's probably a good thing. I mean, I don't think everybody needs seven days, but you know, you might need two years. You might, you know, but I, th- I think the principle behind it is very good. It's, you know, it's honoring the, the process of, of your loss. Definitely. Can you share a little bit about, about your loss with me? Or Sure, yeah. I Well, first I want to say I, I wish that I was able to do something like that. <laughs> um, I think taking seven days, especially in the beginning when it's such, it can sometimes be such a shock, you just like, you need that time. And... I didn't have that. So I just like took a couple of days off of work, but I was going so insane because I was all alone at home that I was like, I have to go back to work. So if I, one, had seven days with friends and family visiting me, one, I wouldn't have been alone. The only reason I went back to work is because I was going batshit crazy in my room. I was literally pacing like in this tiny three foot space because I was like, I don't know what to do. What do you do? Because nothing is important anymore. You know, everything lost its meaning. All my like everyday menial tasks lost their meaning. So yeah, no, the seven days sounds really nice. (laughs) I wish that was a more widespread thing. Yeah, I don't know what other religions do. Do you know? I mean, is there? Well, I, I come from Christianity and there's probably a lot of different things that people do. But I mean... Really, there's no, as far as, for me at least, there was no, like, ritual until, like, the memorial service um, or a funeral. And, like, before that, it's just, I don't, you just don't, you just do whatever. <laughs> I don't think there's any other you ritual. On your, you grieve on your own. You grieve yeah. on your own, yeah. And, like, I mean, my parents, like, offered to come be with me, but I was so, like, like my world was so turned upside down. I was like, no, don't come. Like, what would you even do if you came? Like, yeah, I'm just lying in bed. So I didn't know to, how to say yes to that. If there was a structure around not being alone where it's like, okay, now we do this together, then, right. then right, that right, would be right. different. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would, that would have been helpful. How long ago was this? This was in 2015. So six years ago. 
So when you when you said, I, I kind of pictured it being during the pandemic because of um, you you just being in your room and having no place to go, but it wasn't. It was uh, interesting. Yeah, I guess like I just shut myself in my room. <laughs> like I could have, and you know, I went into other parts of the house too, but. I don't know what I would do in other parts of the house. Like I I felt like this caged animal. It was a really scary feeling. And like, I really did feel like I was all alone because physically I was. And then even when like my mom or my sister, whoever would call to, to, you know, check in, I would answer the phone and I'd be like, thanks for calling. But like, I, I can't talk right now. So, like, I couldn't do anything with that support either. How long before you could talk about it? Before I could really, really talk about it, like, in depth without sobbing, probably, like, two years ago is when I was first able to do that. Like, I would talk about it, but I would, like, just start crying. Well, that's okay. Yeah, everything, it's normal. It's all normal. (laughs) Yeah, but no, it took me a few years. Was this, like, your best friend? She was, yeah, she was, like, one of my absolute closest friends. And you were about the same age? Yeah, she was a couple years younger than me. Um, but we were, like, the same age at heart. I don't know if that... She, honestly, she felt, like, the same age as me. You were, like, sisters, kind of. In my heart, we were sisters. <laughs> it cost some of my friends soul sisters. Soul, yes, I love that. I actually, like, I've... I've use that word as well when I refer to her, a soul sister. You know, I, I, I think if your podcast does nothing more than let people know whatever they need to do, they should do. Mm-hmm. It will be a great service to, to a lot of people. You know, and whether you believe there's an an afterlife or whatever you, you want to call it, there's another dimension that we that we go to or not. It is as long as you you do your best to be with that person while we're here, then you know you you've been you've been that friend, you've been that you know you've extended that kindness. And if there's regrets about things, deal with that and know that that's okay too, and forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and forgive them if there's stuff that, you know, that you left us unsaid, because I mean, a lot of that can happen more when, when we lose somebody in our own age group prematurely, yeah. uh, you, you know, you just had harsh words and then they die and you go, oh my God. Well, I mean, just learn to forgive, you know, forgive yourself and forgive and forgive them and, and move on. Yeah, I think it is. It must be common for like those feelings of regret to come up because it took me years to get over me being so angry at myself for never having visited her. It just because like life got busy or whatever, you know, and we would talk about visiting and then I didn't. And then, you know, when I was looking back, I was like, oh, my God, I was a bad friend. I was such a bad friend because I didn't drive up to her. Why didn't I drive up to her? And it just was like driving me insane and it yeah it's like eventually i just have to forgive myself you know <laughs> yes beating, beating yourself up is very normal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that that's where where forgiveness comes in i had um i lost an uncle like that when i was about 16 and he was 
Mm-hmm. Actually, more my best friend than an uncle. And he got very sick with an incurable disease. And I didn't go see him. I couldn't see him in that condition. And oh, for years and years, I beat up on myself that I hadn't seen him and how oh. terrible it was. And yeah. so I, I kind of, you know, know, know what you're talking about. It's like, and that's, that doesn't serve them and it doesn't serve you. So mm-hmm. I'm speaking to your audience now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really important to grieve however you need to grieve. And when you're ready to forgive, remember to forgive yourself and them. Because there's always stuff that gets left, left undone. The more you allow yourself to express it, whether it's journaling, I would think would be a really, really, I mean, I've, I've been journaling for many, many years. But if in terms of the grieving process and the forgiving process, journal it, get get it out of you and onto a piece of paper or into you could do a uh, um, could do it onto your phone. You can do it, you know, you mm-hmm. can do it as a recording. But to release whatever it is that's bothering you, and in that process, there's, you'll probably do a lot more forgiving of yourself. Yeah, it's important to like get it out of your body. I feel like. I feel like I did a lot of journaling and I think it didn't move fully through me until I said it out loud to other people. So like I told stories on a stage, which for some reason I'm more comfortable doing that than having like a conversation sometimes like uh, to a group of strangers, I can kind of like just be completely vulnerable. Um, And when I did that, and was like, this is how bad it was, y'all. Like, this is how sad I've been and all this. And obviously in more specifics. And like cried and like just fully expressed myself. I was, I felt like a different person. Completely. It was like a thousand pound weight was lifted from me. Because I just needed to share it with someone. Sure. But there's so few, I don't know, opportunities to do that. You have to like seek them out. To you have that. to make you literally have to make those opportunities. Yeah. It's out, out of all the people at the office that I said, I'm here if you want to talk, only one really did. You know, they just one is still in denial. She's she's oh. not doing that at all. Um it's just everybody has to do it in, in now it's it's been been less than a year, a lot less than a year. It's been about six months, but still they're I know they're you know they're carrying some of some of this grief, and they're not choosing to let go of it yet. And you 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 don't choose to until you're ready to. You know, right. Just, for about a month, I kept every morning because we we do this uh, email in the morning. I, I I offered to talk to them, but most of them did not take take me up on it because they weren't ready. You know, so it takes time. Uh, I feel like some for some people, and yeah, for sure. I think it took me a few years of just absorbing it before I could really talk about it. Well, get it out, get it out of your body as soon as you can. Yeah. Get it out of your body. If it's crushing you from the inside, get it out of your body. (laughs) Well, and I I do believe I'm very much into alternative health and wellness. And I do believe that if we keep it inside, it, it can eventually create disease. And so it's really, really important to let our emotions out, to not bury things, to keep our heart open, to really make make sure that you're you're not you know, your your body is just a wonderful instrument. 
mm-hmm. and it will absorb whatever you need it to. But mm-hmm. the healthy way is to not make it absorb it and let it out, whatever that is, writing it, talking to somebody, going to a therapist, uh, screaming. It's supposed to be really, really good. Whatever crying, whatever laughing, like I do. Yeah. <laughs> you need to move it out of your body. It's really, really important. Could you tell me a bit about your um, coaching and what you what you do? You know, I realized oh, probably about six years ago that I've been life coaching all my life. I mean, when I was in high school, and, and I have it on my website, a girlfriend who said, yeah, we used to go to... I, I was the only one who... They called me Lulu Lovelorn because people would come to me for advice for uh, for their dating, you know. And I was, <laughs> and I mean, it just it, it was a natural progression that you know people have always come to me for advice. And part of it is because my mother taught me to be a good list listener. Mm. To me, the, the, the best life coach is the one who keeps their mouth shut and listens. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for. Um, my, my life coaching is about listening and then helping you reflect on what it is that you're, you're looking for, what your life purpose is, where your challenges are to help you discover that. So that's, that's the life coaching I do. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much. You really had me thinking about forgiving yourself and any way you grieve is, is an okay way to grieve and it's all normal. It's good to get to know you. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey. Sound engineering is by co-producer Eric Siegling. Original music is also by Eric, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. See you next time.